Hey guys, welcome to Cool Music History Time with DJ Dylan. I'm your host, DJ Dylan. Today we have a very special guest. He is a musician and a recording artist, Eric Nelson Yoder. And we will talk about his career life and an interesting meeting in his studio in Berwyn, Illinois. Please subscribe to my podcast on your podcast app or Facebook. And if you want me to tell the history of your favorite band of all time, please contact me at dylan.miller at Let's rock with our show now. Hey rockers, I'm at Horse Drawn Productions a Studio in Berwyn, Illinois with Mr. Eric Nelson Yoder. Say hi, Eric. Hey guys, how's it going? Alright, Eric, tell us about yourself. I am the owner of Horse Drawn Productions, which is a music recording facility and lesson studio here in Berwyn, Illinois. Oh, all right. So, uh, Eric, I understand that you're a sound recording man. What drew you to sound recording? Um, when I was little, I was really fascinated by buttons and switches. And I thought it was fascinating to be able to control those fancy contraptions, so I thought it would looked pretty fun and cool. Oh, all right. That's what got me started. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I got into music. My first early uh, music influence was watching Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> so that got me in the, the drums. Yeah, I love Animal. I mean, is he like your favorite Muppet? I'd say, yeah, that's what kind of made me take notice of the show when I was like seven. All right. I love the Muppets, too. My favorite is Kermit the Frog. Nice. Because I saw Jimmy Kimmel Live, a skit where Kermit the Frog is being up a bar, and he's being like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so, Eric, are you a musician yourself? Because I only notice you playing drums. Uh, yes, I'm a musician. I started on piano as my first instrument, and I have my degree in percussion. Oh, all right. What instruments do you play? I do play, I started with piano, and I have a degree in percussion, but I also play guitar and bass. But I don't play any brass or wind instruments, not very well. Oh, all right. Which is your favorite instrument to play, and why? I don't know that I have a favorite instrument, per se. I have a... I don't know, nowadays I find myself kind of fond of the congas and hand drums, so I do a lot of hand drum stuff, I guess. I don't know, it, it really depends. I get bored of any one thing, so I like to switch it around. Oh, alright. So, anywho, here's another question. What is your favorite rock band that inspired you to do music? I'd say my earliest influence rock band, probably like Led Zeppelin, was if I had to make one... One choice, I guess I would go with Led Zeppelin as an early influence. Oh, oh, that's awesome, Eric. I love Led Zeppelin, too. Now, Eric, about years ago, I came to this horse-drawn productions, and I was Mm -hmm. given to this CD by uh, one of your old friends, Vic. It's a... Copper Snake? Yeah, it's Copper Snake with their album, From the Ground Up. And I was wondering if you can tell us about your old band, Copper Snake. Copper Snake was a short project. It was just a cover band didn't do I think there may have been one or two originals but it was just covers it was just a gigging band played in that for a little amount of time and helped them record an album I don't think the band is around anymore oh okay Eric uh, sorry to hear that yeah you know 
Yeah, I mean, DJ had a great time along with your old friends, including Vic or Jeff, which has the nickname Snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a fine project. I'd say that wasn't a project that was most invested in. I've had other projects along the way that were much more of my projects, such as the Urban Funk Ordinance was a band that I did for many years. That was probably more of my collaboration, and that was more original stuff. So I've always fancied songwriting, so original material is always special to me. Oh, all right. Eric, I believe you're part of the new rock band called Full Kinetic, right? Yes. Full Kinetic is Phil Kinetic's project, and so he plays... He has played many different versions of the band over the years. I played both drums and bass in that group for a while. It's kind of a groovy, funky blues kind of band and features a lot of... Some covers, but also a lot of Phil's material. That's a pretty cool project. That's probably the last, probably the latest project that I've been involved with. Oh, all right. Eric, about Folk Kinetic, Mm -hmm. what is the best album you guys made so far? Well, we did a lot of singles, but we never really, at least when I was with the group, we never finalized an album. We, We tried, I got it really close. And we released many singles, but we never formally released a full-length album. Oh, sorry to hear that, but uh, it's all right. Singles are more of the industry nowadays, so albums aren't as relevant as they used to be. All right, and here's this very cool question that I want to ask you. Is there a hidden meaning in any of your music? A hidden meaning? Well, there's a hidden meaning in horse-drawn productions... Horse drawn comes from the horse and buggy of Amish culture. And so my father was uh, raised Amish. And so the horse drawn productions comes from German culture, which is we know as the Pennsylvania Dutch or Amish here in the United States. So that's where the name of that came from. And as far as like hidden meaning in music, you know, I think all good music is, is, can be clever and have double entendres and references and stuff that can be that can be make it more interesting at one point we somebody i remember some clients were experimenting with subliminal messaging and other kind of like influential things i'm not sure that anything really came of any of that stuff i think more of songwriting and clever lyricism is is more of the way i think of the future oh all right, Eric. And I see that on your website with uh, Full Kinetic is that I thought you guys tour around America or whatever in the Chicago area. So here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do you tour with Full Kinetic? If so, where? Nowadays, because I have a family, I don't really do so much touring. Most of the touring I did was a few years back. Um, Full Kinetic mostly does... Well, I can't say that because... Actually, I've played everywhere with Full Kinetic, Chicago, Midwest, all the way to Atlanta, Nashville. So we've done a bunch of stuff, but not not a regularly touring band because because of the studio and because of family obligations. So that's not really something that I've done recently. Oh, okay, Eric. Now, about this very good, awesome studio, what are some bands that you've helped record their music within this very studio? Well, that's a good question. We've had quite the long run 
over the years. And, and when I first started, we were working with the likes of the Smashing Pumpkins, and then, of course, the now infamous R. Kelly kind of got my, my start. and started working with Peter Mokrin, who is a producer who is now in L.A., but I actually got my start doing jingles, so all, many of the commercial jingles that you hear, we were involved with early on. Jackson and Phil and the other guys have been working with a lot of cool bands. I think the most notable one currently is we are working with Marty Salmon, who is Buddy Guy's keyboard player, and he's working on a new album. And he has a lot of support to the fact that we'd love to put a really good album together and maybe get a Grammy nomination. That's our goal with him. And so he's, he's been one of the bigger people that we've had. And especially now that we have this nine-foot Steinway class Model D, we've gotten a lot of new, new fresh faces and a lot of new bands that I'm still learning. So that's cool, too. Oh, uh, did you uh, guys uh, win any uh, Grammys? I think not, right? Oh, uh, that's the fi- That's the goal. I have platinum records, but no Grammys yet, so that's our goal. Oh, okay, I really hope you win some. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Eric, since you've told us that you're a family man and you have a family, how does music and sound recording influence your family? Well, being around the studio, especially the kids have really taken to music in different ways. They've come to appreciate the things such as the acoustic pianos and guitars, and I'll find them in different rooms throughout the studio and throughout the house creating and making music kind of on their own, which is cool. Both my wife and I have a history of music. She actually plays trumpet too, so Phoenix is my youngest, and Phoenix and Darlene both play the trumpet. And Stone plays several instruments and started with violin, and then now he's been teaching himself guitar and piano. So it's very influential for music just being around them all the time. Oh, all right. Now, uh, Eric, here is a question I've been wondering. Since I've heard that your kids have been practicing with instruments, but here is a, a question I want to ask you. If your kids or anybody is inspired by your work as a musician and recording artist, what advice would you give to them? I think that you need to stay true to your vision, and you have to commit and see through your projects it's not doesn't come easy, but nothing in life does. So anything worth having is worth working hard for. And so if you're going to do it, then you need to do it 110%. Oh, all right. Now here comes the very uh, awesome part. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you show us your musical skills on an instrument of your choice? Oh, my. Um... You want me to just do it live on the podcast? Um, yeah. Yeah, my, I'm wondering if it would be more interesting if we played a track or something. Let's see. I don't know what we have really set up in here. Mm, it's all right. Why don't we... Let's see if we've got some percussion set up. We talked about congas earlier, so maybe I should play congas since I said it. Uh, we have a set of congas in here. Oh, I really like this place. So, the conga is traditionally the middle drum, and the quinto is the high drum. So the quinto usually, traditional, 
lot of stuff over here. I have to move that back. Quinto's on the left here, which you can't see. Oh, no, they're backwards, okay. little sample little something <laughs> now I gotta put this back because we have a band coming in here and I have to make sure I leave everything set up so we're gonna sneak back out like we never came in <laughs> all right all right all right cool yeah After you sir thanks all right back in the control room Thank you very much for the talk, uh, Eric. I mean, you have very good musical skills that give a good pride to your family and what and to everyone else. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, thank you for your time. For more information about Horse Drawn Productions, log on to www.horsedrawnproductions.com or feel free to contact the studio at yo at horsedrawnproductions.com or call at 773-463-7970. Let's begin our history with Eric's favorite rock band of all time, Led Zeppelin. Before the Beatles were a legendary rock band from England that took over the rock world from the 1960s to the year 1970, one song at a time, Led Zeppelin were the next to take over the rock world in the 1970s, along with the new Beatles, Elton John, Fleetwood Mac, and Peter Frampton. Although the new Beatles moved on to great successes decades later, Led Zeppelin only lasted until the year 1980. Let's begin our history with Led Zeppelin now. In London in 1966, guitarist Jimmy Page had joined the rock band The Yardbirds as a new lead guitarist since the original lead guitarist, Jeff Beck, left to make his own musical career. While Page was helping Beck record his single, Beck's Bolero, along with a Who drummer, Keith Moon, he met bassist John Paul Jones. Page and Jones had worked together during the late 1960s, recording songs like four of the Yardbirds' songs, Good Night Sweetie Josephine, No Excess Baggage, Little Games, and Ten Little Indians, and Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan. In 1968, the Yardbirds had broken up, leaving only Page and bassist Chris Drea trying to find a new lead singer and drummer to start a new rock band project in August. Drea had suggested to call up rock singer Robert Plant to join the project. Plant had joined the group after doing a great singing performance, but unfortunately, Drea had decided to leave the project and chose to become a photographer. For a new bassist and drummer for the project, Page asked John Paul Jones to join as the bassist and keyboardist, and Plant suggested that the drummer of his old band, the Band of Joy, John Bonham, should join the band. When Bonham joined the group in September 1968, they named the new project, The New Yardbirds. 
They recorded their debut album in less than 30 hours after performing booked shows in Scandinavian countries in late September. Then in late October, they had to change the name of the band because Drea owned the rights to the name The New Yardbirds. Keith Moon thought that the new Yardbirds would go down like a Led Zeppelin. So that's what they renamed the band to. And that's when Led Zeppelin was born. Early in January 1969, Led Zeppelin began their first American tour and released their first album with the help of former Yardbirds manager Peter Grant, who signed the band up to Atlantic Records in the United States to have their album published before the end of the year. Two months later, the first Led Zeppelin album had become one of the top ten American albums of the year. And then, while they were touring America and then England, the band made their second album called Led Zeppelin II in October. Led Zeppelin continued to make great albums during the 1970s, but never released any of their songs as singles. Like the Beatles, Elton John, Fleetwood Mac, and Peter Frampton, Led Zeppelin was loved and adored by their fans because of their looks and music. In addition, Led Zeppelin had a large influence on heavy metal bands to come. But suddenly, in 1980, they decided to disband the group. Because in September, during their European tour, John Bonham had died from drinking lots of vodka at Paige's house in the small town of Tour, England. He had passed out and choked on his own vomit. Led Zeppelin had officially broken up because they couldn't continue their legacy without Bonham. During the 1980s, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, and John Paul Jones worked successfully as individual solo musicians. But they did get together to perform some reunion shows with Jason Bonham, John's son, as drummer in 1985, 1988, 1995, and 2007, which is the year filmmaker Dick Charuthers had filmed the reunion concert and make a concert movie out of it called Celebration Day, which was released in 2012. Additionally, in 1994, Plant and Page decided to form a duo band together called Page and Plant. They performed some of their old Led Zeppelin albums, along with new ones they wrote, but they only lasted until 1998. Page went on to tour with the Black Crows, while Plant continued with his solo career. Led Zeppelin was a great legendary rock band that inspired us to love rock music and even to become rock musicians like my good friend Eric Nelson Yoder. And even though they're separated because of the death of John Bonham, they will always be together in our hearts. Let's conclude with one of Led Zeppelin's best songs. We've all heard Led Zeppelin's classic songs, but we never knew the history of their greatest song of all time, called Stairway to Heaven. It was part of the Led Zeppelin 4 album released in 1971, and Jimmy Page and Robert Plant wrote this song as a journey to a very spiritual world in the shining great sky, and with the intent that the music will take us on that journey.
Robert Plant stated in an interview that while he was writing the lyrics, his hand was writing out the words, There's a lady is sure, all that glitters are gold, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. He just sat there and looked at them and also leaped out of his seat. Here's the description of how Led Zeppelin made Stairway to Heaven. From December 1970 to February 1971, Led Zeppelin had worked on their fourth album but couldn't come up with a title, so they decided to name the album Led Zeppelin 4. The song Stairway to Heaven was recorded along with other songs from Led Zeppelin 4 at Rolling Stone's Mobile Studio, which is in Headley Grange Workhouse in the village of Headley, England. It was once owned by the Rolling Stones, where they made two of their albums, Sticky Fingers in 1971 and Exile on Main Street in 1972. Also, Led Zeppelin used that studio to make their Led Zeppelin 3 album in 1970. The song Stairway to Heaven is 8 minutes long. Jimmy Page starts the song with acoustic guitar and electric guitar, while Jones plays the keyboards and flute. And Plant does the singing. Page stated in the making of the song that, and I quote, We had various run-throughs at Headley Grange where I was playing the acoustic guitar and jumping up and picking up the electric guitar. Robert was sitting in the corner or rather leaning against the wall and as I was rooting the rest of the band with this idea and this piece, he was just writing. And suddenly, he got up and started singing along with another run-through, and he must have had 80% of the words there. I had these sections, and I knew what order they were going to go in. But it was just a matter of getting everybody to feel comfortable with each gear shift that was going to be coming. Then later in the song, after a calm sequence with the acoustic guitar, keyboard and flute. That's when things go energetic with Bonham joining in with his drums. Stairway to Heaven is one of the best songs by Led Zeppelin. In the 1970s and 80s, it was used as a slow dance song in high school dances and proms, and many people see it as an anthem. So I've got a question for you. What is your favorite Led Zeppelin song? Well guys, this has been Cool Music History Time with DJ Dylan, and I really hope you all enjoyed my interview with Eric Nelson Yoder and telling the history of Eric's favorite band of all time, Led Zeppelin, and the song Stairway to Heaven. For the next episode, we will be interviewing trumpet player and Morning College instructor Jaron Montgomery, and I will tell the history of his favorite rock band of all time, along with one of the best songs by them. Please subscribe 
to my podcast on your podcast app or on Facebook. And if you all have favorite bands that you want to have an inside scoop of the history for, please contact me at 708-870-1481 or send me an email at my email address, dylan.miller at This is DJ Dylan signing off. Let's rock on!